Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. I'm one of your hosts, DM Mitch. And I am DM Chris. Mitch, it feels like it's been forever since we've done our episode together. It's good to be back. I know, it really does. Um, But yeah, it's good to be chatting with you, Chris, doing an episode together. Uh, And I'm really excited about this episode that we're going to talk about. We, looking through the backlog, we saw that uh, DM Neil and DM Matt from Detentions and Dragons had did a past episode on TPKs. And so you can kind of consider this episode to be kind of a part two on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today is what happens when a TPK happens in your game, in your campaign, in your adventure. You're in the middle of telling a story or maybe you're like at the very end and it's like, oh, gosh, like, what do I do now? <laughs> All the PCs are dead. Do we just let the story die? We're going to talk about ways that you continue the story today with having a TPK. One of the things that we're not going to be doing is we're not going to be like giving you the option of the classic like, well, they all wake up and they're uh, actually not dead. They were hit with bludgeoning uh, weapons in in a dungeon somewhere. We're not going to be... This is the characters actually go through a TPK. The players actually have a TPK. How do you continue the adventure? We've got nine reasons... We've got nine ways to talk with you guys about I'm excited for that. Yeah, same. But in order to do that, Mitch, means we have to go to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Um, all right, so we, like we said in the beginning, are going to talk about TPKs because sometimes our players make dumb decisions and sometimes it's not dumb decisions. It's just the yeah. luck of the rolls of the <laughs> dice, right? Sometimes and, it's just the luck of the rolls. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to pull the classic idea of like, oh, well, we'll just retcon things or we'll get all the way down to the end of a battle and just fudge rolls so that our players don't get hit a whole bunch of times or whatever sorts of things that we could. We want to yeah. try and actually fully explore what that looks like and feels like for us as a DM. So like Mitch said, we came up with nine ideas. We'll see where those take us. There may end up being more than that, but from the start out of the gate, we have nine. And so Mitch, why don't you start us off with the first one? What's the first one that we have on our list? Well, even before we jump in, like we'll jump in in a second, but I I guess I just want to ask you, Chris, like, do you fear a TPK as a DM? Like you're you're weaving this story with your players. You know, you and I were DMs. A lot of our listeners are DMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have different techniques of how we prepare. And uh, but I'm going to wager that a lot of us DMs out there, we spend a lot of time thinking about the story that's being told and ways that we could go depending on the players' uh, choices. And then a TPK would happen, and that would all potentially be done. Is this something that you've feared before or had at the table? Like, oh, no, is this going to happen right now? What do I do? I I don't necessarily fear it. I think there's like a – I think there's just like a deeper level of like, man, I would be really disappointed if that happened because I love the stories that I get to tell, <laughs> um, that yeah, I get to like help yeah. craft with the players. And I think that would be the biggest thing that I would fear is like, oh, this is getting so good. You know, like I don't want this to – I don't understand, but there's also times where it's like, man, you made really dumb decisions. Like you have consequences for those things. Like I don't <laughs> fear, I don't fear those moments. Or as you said, it like, yeah, I guess it's, does that make it better if it's like the, the PCs, the players like 
made decisions that you're like, well, you guys like made your bed. Like, yeah. I guess that makes it better. I yeah. guess. I don't know. For, it does. for me, like there's the, I, I think about it in a couple different, a- different avenues. Like if my players make really dumb decisions, that's, that's the consequences that they have to live with. If I create an encounter that's too overpowering, I can recognize that pretty early from the beginning of a, of an encounter and be yeah. like, I probably need to nerf this because it should not be something <laughs> that like, but there's also the side of it. That's like, if things just roll really, really well, like, and it seemed to be a fairly balanced encounter at the beginning, like I, I kind of got to let it play out in the end and see what happens. Yeah. You know, like you can only fudge things. So not even fudge, but you can only try and balance things so far before it's finally like, okay, the dice are rolling specifically poorly for my players and really well for me tonight. And there's nothing yep. that I can do about that. I yep. can't keep nerfing things into the ground in order for this not to happen, you know? Well, and, and like you're saying, we've all had as DMs experiences where the players are just rolling terrible and like, it's really mm-hmm. sucky for them. But like, if I'm sitting there as a player and I'm rolling crit ones and misses and misses, and I feel like the battle isn't going poorly. I'm starting to wonder, is the DM fudging things so that like things don't go poorly for us? And that I don't like. I, I want like like there needs to be consequences. It's a game. There's dice rolled. I think there's also with players that like I could also encourage them to run away. Mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. Like this is yeah. not the Escape. way that this is yeah. supposed to go. Like, I mean think about it. Like if you're in a battle and all of a sudden you're, it's not playing out in your favor. It's like, I might think about running away, you know, yeah. but like our players don't often do that. They'll like fight tooth and nail to the end. And like, there's like, there's that encouragement where it's like, okay, I can step out of like DM land and be like, Hey, you guys can keep doing this. <laughs> or like, honestly think about what your characters would do. Like, I don't know many people that would fight to not see another day. Yeah. Well, yeah, and if I think like I'm with you, I think it's more of a disappointment that feeling if if it happens like and I've definitely had moments where we've come close to a TPK and I've wondered, "Oh gosh, what do we do if this happens? What do I do as a DM?" Because most of the stories that I've been telling with my players like I'm just not okay with just saying, "All right, we're done." Like we're not we're not going to continue that tale. So Let's let's dive into some of the potentials for like a TPK happens. How do you continue a story? So uh, we've got nine ideas, as Chris said, uh, that we're going to talk about. And I think from these nine ideas, it'll kind of branch off into all these other kind of ideas as we talk. But so the first one is that the party dies. There's a TPK. And I think this one's really easy to implement if the story, the campaign has had some sort of directive from some sort of powers that be, whether it's gods or angels, devils, eldritch horrors. Uh, But like the idea is there's a deal made with some greater power. And so Mm -hmm. uh, there this greater power like is going to bring you back to continue the campaign, the mission, the quest. Uh, but I think that um, the the word that I would really hinge on here is deal. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just a like, hey, you died. I really need this to happen. Let me bring you back to life. Maybe there hasn't been any interaction with this powerful being before. And this is like an offer made. I'll bring you back to life if this uh, so first, what are your reactions to this kind of an idea of continuing a story? My my mind goes 
in a really fun direction. So, you know, it's the idea of collateral, right? When you sign up for like a loan or something like that, like, hey, yeah, we can uh. do this. But like, <laughs> it's kind of risky because we already yeah. signed a deal with you once. And so give us some collateral. So I like the idea of doing this in secret from the rest of the players, like having Ooh, a god like or each, an eldritch player or whatever it is. Like this. Yeah. And the players get to decide whether or not they want to take the deal. They can pass mm-hmm. into the afterlife or they can come back. And so you might get a party that's like three of the five decide to come back. And so now two players are playing new characters or they have to go out and seek new characters in order to come back into this story, you know, which could be really interesting because you could do that through like text message. You could do like a Zoom call once throughout the week or, you know, get coffee or whatever it is if you're playing in person. Like, I think that could be really fun of saying like, yeah, only two of the five decided or only one of the five decided to come back, you know, like it's that big of a deal breaker, you know, it could be could be really fun and interesting. Yeah. And I like I, you know, I had that kind of thought. I wrote that in my notes of, for like a lot of these is what if a player doesn't want to. Right. What if there's a if there's a TPK because there is an element to what we're talking about. A lot of these uh, there is an element to I could see a player being like, but a TPK happens. It should be done or I, I don't want my character to continue it. it he, they're dead. She's dead. He's dead. Like, I, I don't want it to continue. I think you need to like roll with that and be okay with that. And ultimately, like, I mean, we'll get to talking more about this, but you may have, what if you have this, this brilliant idea and you go, okay, a deal with power. None of your characters want to do it. Well, then that tells you something, but yeah, I, I love your idea of doing the separate rather than coming back to the table and having a session and pulling them each aside, having like some time away from the table where you talk about it with the players. And so when you guys all come back to play, nobody knows who's going to be coming back to life, who's made a deal, what the deals are. So yeah, like is, is this player going to be playing a whole different character now that we're going to have to bring into the story? Like, is my Mm -hmm. friend gone? Like while I'm coming back, and yeah, what is what is the deal? I think is is important because I think one thing we talked about in preparing for this episode is if a TPK happens, there needs to be some sort of consequence to the story. Um, there needs to be something felt, and so I I don't think that um, with this idea that we're putting forward, it should just be a simple. Well, I'll bring you back to life because it's important to me. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. And I and I mean, you can make those deals any number of things, right? Like you could, depending on who that person is, like they could now come back with warlock powers, right? Like you could say, hey, in order to yeah. do this, you need oh, to yeah, sacrifice yeah. some of your current levels to now switch over to being a warlock for a few levels, right? And that may require you to be doing side missions for said deity or archfey or devil or whatever. Um, you could be that it's some physical deformity, like you're, you know, for whatever reason, like you now have lost the ability to use your left hand or something, you know, like it could be that the, uh, ask is so great that it's like the life of somebody that you care about has to be used as collateral. Yeah. I mean, I even just think it might change the very course of the campaign in a sense, if you're. Like, I mean, I'm thinking about an item like the Ring of Power from Lord of the Rings, right? And your campaign was to destroy this powerful item. Well, a deity, uh, a devil, some sort of powerful being might bring you back to life and say, yeah, I'll bring you back to life. But now you're going to be working for me. And at the 
end of this quest, you're going to give me that item. And there might be like a lot of back and forth here. Your players might be like, well, we're not going to do that. Our whole point is to like destroy it. And I could see like uh, an evil being being like, well, listen, here's the deal I'll make with you. Time means nothing to me. What if I promise you a thousand years after you give me this item that I will not use this item and will wreak no havoc? This is a better deal than uh, you're going to get anywhere else. Like if you guys are just dead, especially if this is like a nobody else knows about this, like there it's going to fall in the ha- the wrong hands. Like, so at least you're promised a thousand years of peace here, right? Like this, it For could sure. be a really yeah. difficult. And the thing I like about that is wondering how that turns into role play with your, with your characters going forward. I think that's exactly it. I think it gives you way more fun, uh, opportunities for stories to be developed, yeah. right? That other people don't know about. I think every I think every player would know that there was some sort of deal struck, especially if sure. they struck one of like, I wonder what the other person's deal is, you know? Well, and certainly you don't have to do it individually. Like, like having like some of these options, it might be interesting to have it as a group and have them debate and especially to watch like, Certain PCs say, no, I'm not taking part of this and fade into the afterlife like that. That's a powerful moment in itself. And part of the contingency, the deal you could have is you can't tell anybody about this, mm. you know, yeah. or, you know, you will instantly die or, you know, whatever, whatever it is as part of the collateral. Yeah. Like you, whoever the being is like you can't speak their name like physically you cannot like mm-hmm. if you try to tell somebody about this, like you're it, you just get like a pain like, Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Or you lose your voice or whatever, you know, whatever it might be, you know, some sort of, yeah, voodoo type stuff where you all of a sudden feel an excruciating pain yeah. like in your <laughs> chest or something like that. It's like, all right, never mind. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so another another option that we have, and I think this is one of the more obvious ones, um, is that there's some sort of escape from the afterlife. Uh, your characters mm-hmm. are dead. They now have moved on to the afterlife. And they recognize, oh, gosh, like we didn't we didn't fulfill that quest, that mission. Uh, People are in danger. Uh, We need to we need to do this. And so they're in the afterlife and they need to escape it. Uh, And I say afterlife because I think that you have mold. I mean, in D&D, you have so many options of what afterlife means. But I I think the classic is like, right, you're escaping the underworld. And so um, you're fighting your way through hell. And let's be honest, that's pretty cool. But I also like I'm also wondering, what does it look like to have like a side adventure where you're escaping like a heavenly place, right? Like that I I would imagine maybe it would be more like negotiations of sort with angels and such, but maybe it just turns into a a slash and burn in heaven, which they're just like, get them out of here. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be that sort of thing where it's like, regardless of if you're on either side of the afterlife, like I can't imagine that it's, uh, smiled upon to say, yeah, people can come and go <laughs> right. freely. Oh, right? yeah. So like, it's probably going to be a fight either way. Right. Regardless, like you'll either have angels fighting you to prevent you from leaving, or you're going to have demons fighting you to prevent you from leaving. Cause yeah. that doesn't look great on anybody. And if one person can do it, everybody can do it. You know, like it can't be a great thing to have happen. No, that, I mean that like talking about consequences too. Like, I mean, you've, like you've just blown my mind with that idea because I think when you escape yeah. <laughs> the afterlife, it shouldn't be over. Like 
you should be going through the campaign now. And maybe it's more difficult because uh, every now and then an angel just appears to be like, you know, you like, how dare you do what you've done? I'm bringing you back or devils like, but you now not only have whatever the enemies of the campaign or the obstacles, obstacles of the campaign were before, but now you have literal afterlife creatures, uh, beings coming after you for breaking the laws of death. Well, not only that, but it signals to other people too, like that if there's a way out, there's a way in. Mm. And there's some really powerful mortals who would love to be able to get in. In some way, shape, or form. I also imagine that this could turn into like a heist campaign of like, all right, let's figure out which really rich people have died too early and bring their souls back so they can give us tons of money. Uh, A heaven heist? Heaven heist. That's the campaign name. I love that idea. That's totally different than what I was thinking we'd be talking about. I just just imagine my players currently in my campaign are super opportunists like that. So I could totally see something like that happen. They're like, wait a minute we could totally make some coin here let's do this this is like i'm thinking about like in an inception like movie except they're they're not dunking themselves into water they're they're (laughs) literally uh killing each other and being like we hope you come back and you come back with something amazing yeah yeah exactly right yeah it's it's uh yeah plug into the matrix except for (laughs) plugging into the matrix is dying and then coming back, oh, right? Oh, man, my, my brain is running. This is going to be another one of those episodes where like, I'm just like, oh, great. Now I have 10 other new campaign ideas that I'll never get around to. It feels like a really fun one shot to do yeah. at some point or like mini campaign, right? Like, I don't know if I could make that a whole campaign, but doing like a one one off like small series in between, you know, planning from one campaign to the next could be really interesting. I think along the same lines, too, there's instead of like just escaping I think there's the general, like, what does the afterlife look like? Like, depending on what it is, like, could it possibly be a campaign where you explore? Like, if you're an adventurer, is it a place where you go where you can endlessly adventure, you know? And there's tons of opportunities and you can still play the same characters, but you're just now in the afterlife and you get to build that out as a DM. Like, I think that could be a really interesting space, regardless of if that's uh, people dying and going to, you know, what would be paradise or somewhere you know dying and going to the opposite of paradise right or is there an in-between space that like you kind like a purgatory where you're kind of living a life and you have to accomplish something as an adventurer in order to continue on to the next phase and what does that look like you know yeah i i think that the the question with the explore the afterlife um continuation of the story is um, like what kind of story were you telling? If, if it's a story in which you had like this big goal and the players have been really focused on this and all of a sudden it shifts and it's like, okay, now we're just, we're going, not just, (laughs) but we're going to transition. It kind of changed the story. And now we're going to be exploring the afterlife Uh, Some of the players might be like, well, you're so we're not like ever going to find out. And I think you have two options. I think, well, now you've just created two campaigns that you can kind of go off of other things that we've talked. We're going to talk about a ways to continue a story, but also continue the story you're in with the players that you're in and do an afterlife exploration. Mm -hmm. But also, I think that um, if you're if you're playing in a game that's more sandboxy, and the stakes aren't that high. We're not talking about world-ending stakes here. 
why not just transition into a fun afterlife uh, adventure? And fun doesn't mean that it has to be lighthearted at all. Like it can be all sorts of different things. Like we've said, like D&D has a lot of different options for what afterlife is. Yeah, I mean, stuff that happens in the realm of the gods influences the mortal world all the time. So does the actions that your characters have in exploring the afterlife, like, does it affect the rest of the things that still happen, even though their characters aren't there anymore? Like, are there ways in which their actions in the heavenly realms, could they try and influence people in specific ways to pay attention? Like, are there, there's probably no shortage of things that you could do that could influence the way things play out on the world below or, you know adjacent to or however you want to see the afterlife that could influence even though they're gone from their current quest that could still influence it in some way shape or form even if it is just a mini a mini quest where it's like hey we gotta this is important enough to our characters that we need to bring this to the attention of the right people uh in the afterlife to do something about it and then that's where the campaign ends And you don't know what happens after you've tried to influence the right people with the right information, you know? So it's like a mini session afterwards for a little bit to say like, look, this is important enough that we have to know this God specifically about it to hopefully do something and influence the world. I like that a lot. And then we don't know, you know, what happens. It's, It's not escape the afterlife so that we can continue the mission. It's we need to communicate people don't know and we need to pass this message on that we have died and 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 pass this quest on to those in the living world and i think that you've hit upon something there and going okay like a god right like who controls um this realm of the underworld may have the ability to just communicate freely with mortals i mean you're not able to i would i would imagine the rules of death would be you're not able to typically do that uh, i mean there are right. D yeah. spells that allow you to communicate with the dead but that kind of depends on the living trying to do that with the dead i kind of like the idea of yeah having this law like this adventure that it's like oh we have to now go and figure out how do we communicate with these people or this person and let them know Danger is still go like ahead. We are no longer alive to fight this battle. You need to continue it for us. Yeah, I think that could be could be really interesting. Which I mean, you could even do like the as a DM, you know, somebody stumbles across your players' bodies in the ways that it does end is, you know, you guys are exploring the afterlife or whatever and then all of a sudden they hear a voice or they're like just just pull oh, yeah. out and back. And, you know, they have to talk as someone undead to pass the message along. Like if somebody's asking the question, what happened here? You know, um, then they have to explain in however many words they get or in the one minute or whatever it is. I can't remember the exact rules of the spell, but then they have to be on the receiving end of having speak with undead cast on them, you know, and they have to communicate their adventure that way, you know. Yeah, we've got we've got kind of a, a order on our list, but let's jump ahead a couple because I think this is a good transition into what uh, we have as another option is uh, the quest continues, but with new adventures. And like we have like all different ideas that we were talking about of how this could happen. So we're talking about like still same quest, but now you've got all new PCs. Uh, I think this is a great example of a way that you could do it is you pick up after a TPK uh, with these old PCs in the afterlife and like maybe you do a whole uh session where it's like 
they're exploring the afterlife and all your players like you told them like hey like come up with new characters and so they were thinking oh we're gonna come to the table and be like uh it's just starting new characters how's how's the dm gonna do this uh and then you say no no no. like you guys i told you to still bring your old pcs too we're starting out with your old pcs we're in the afterlife you play a whole session and then at the end of the session yeah you have that like moment where it's like or you look for that moment that's good to be like all of a sudden you're pulled away like you feel yourself departing from the afterlife and uh now you're back in the mortal realm but you you're you look at your hands and you can see through them like uh and and you're speaking now to your the characters that the the players but have you, made. Yeah, you could almost say like but everything is like you're like colorblind like everything Ooh, is yeah. just gray yeah there's no color no vibrancy left to the world yes. it's just gray yeah and you feel as if your arms are more sluggish and they're tight and they don't move quite as well you know or whatever it might be um and then you see five adventurers standing in front of you and it looks familiar because it's the place that you had recently died yeah and now you are saying okay like this is on you guys as players like pass the torch here like what do your your souls say to these these this adventuring group that are just like oh i wonder how these people died oh they look it's fresh let's see if we can talk to dead oh they did like and now it's like uh you need to do Mm -hmm. this like you need to take this torch Mm -hmm. i like that a lot could be really fun yeah i like that idea and even if even if your players like you know you could look at their character sheets beforehand and say hey you know they don't have the you know the speak with undead uh spell prepared or able to have but maybe somebody has that scroll in their inventory for this specific yeah, purpose sure. right like they are going out and adventuring they might come across something that they might want to speak with and so this is a common scroll that sure. they would buy you know or whatever however you want to work that yeah hey it's 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 a magical world let's we can chalk it up to fate if we want to right like nobody cast a spell nobody had a scroll but it, like it's a cool i don't think any of your players are gonna walk away from that being like nobody cast speak with dead that was stupid they're gonna like like you Mm -hmm. can say yeah how did that work i don't know there must be maybe somebody's looking out for you guys maybe uh destiny you know it it is a magical world and there's different ways you can kind of go around that but what are some other ways that you would see like continuing a story continuing a quest with new adventures that it would make sense. I, you know, I think there's the, I think there's the classic trope of like, if you were employed by a really powerful wizard or whatever, they'll probably find other yeah. people. But even if there's not, like, there's really powerful wizards that are watching the world all the time, you know, and they could very easily see like, oh, that quest that they were going on is super important. And even though, like, I mean, you could have it where all of a sudden you get to introduce a really powerful mage in your world by, um, rallying some people around and saying like, it could be really interesting to explore the world through that lens of like, Oh, people watch us what we're doing, you know, like, they, like we were being watched before by a really powerful mage. I mean, heck if one of the, if one of the players wants to play a wizard, there's the wizard that was watching them the whole time, right? Like that's, that's an in and like, then they have to go and recruit like, yeah. So I think that's a, I, yeah, I think that's a really easy one to be able to incorporate into, into campaign. Yeah. Or speaking of watching, like we've already talked about, like powerful beings like gods and angels and devils and things like, again, like if they are concerned about the quest being fulfilled, they could go and speak um, and bring together a new adventuring party or just word of mouth. Like this is something that's well known and your group is well known and all of a sudden your group is dead. Well, 
new adventurers need to rise to the occasion or bad things are going to happen. Or there could be a guild like that your group was part of. There, I think there are a lot of um, for sure. options for having it happen um, to have a new adventurers continue the quest, depending on what the quest is. Um, I think there are a lot of ways to make that make sense. Um, one of the interesting ideas that you had, Mitch, was this idea, too, of kind of like we kind of talked about the whole raising, like speak with undead yeah. thing. But, you know, you had kind of taken it further with another idea. Uh, kind of around the undead, and we kind of call it the dead rise, you know, thinking of like an undead campaign or <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls-esque. Yes. So yeah, kind of share a little bit about what you were thinking with that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like I came across this idea, a lot of these ideas that we've compiled, like at least for me, like I kind of did a lot of searching online and came up with certain ideas from other people's ideas. Um, and one that I came across was continuing the adventure, but your PCs are undead. Uh, so I think the question there lies, what brings them back or who brings them back? And the or big do thing, they know? Yeah. yeah, the big thing I would again go back to is some sort of consequence, right? So what is what is the consequence to being undead? I mean, role play wise, there's a lot of consequences. If you're a zombie guy, you're not going into a a town as easy as you were when you were just an elf, right? Yeah, is your skin now cold to the touch so you can't have physical interactions with people? Yep, does it start rotting and falling off? Um, Are are you like zombie guy, skeleton guy, ghost, like some sort of undead? And yeah, I couldn't help but like think about this and think about uh, Dark Souls, which I know Neil has told, uh, said before that we need to just do an episode because I love Dark Souls so much on doing a Souls type D&D game. Um, I'm down for that. We'll have to do that in the future. But yeah, like in Dark Souls, it really has this. Your character is like typically it's a, a, a type of undead called the hollow and they're able to regain their humanity uh, at times. Um, you could have some sort of element of that. You could look at a lot of the Souls games for inspiration on that. But I think that there are there would be a major shift the way the campaign is played out. If you're talking about four or five or whatever your group size is now, undead adventures. They are who they were, but they're dead. <laughs> yeah. And is the consequence of being undead, is it having to essentially harvest more souls in oh, order to refill gosh. your own soul, right? So gosh. is that the part of the consequence? Imagine that's like, a paladin who now has something? to, oh gosh, I need to fulfill this quest, but in to, to do this, the terrible things I need to do. For the greater good. Well, not only that, but like, but like, does it, so in harvesting a soul or whatever, does your weapon now all of a sudden become a soul harvesting weapon, mm. right? Like that's part mm. of the curse Ooh. of what it is, right? Everybody and you gets could a soul do that harvesting where weapon. you continue, <laughs> yeah, but you continue through the campaign and it requires you to like take out the enemies that you were already taking out and it harvests part of their soul or whatever and it refills you. But what happens if there's a long stretch of time where you're not harvesting it? And you try to harvest like an animal or whatever, but it doesn't do nearly as much as like a human, like a, a humanoid mm. soul. Right. And now you're not in the throes of harvesting bad people's souls. And now you're stuck with, well, I'm dying now. Like I'm running out of time. What do I do? Do I harvest a random town person, townsperson's soul in order to survive? Like what, like what do I have to do now? You know? In order to continue on with this quest, because now I have this soul harvesting requirement 
on my being, you know? Oh my gosh. That'd be so brilliant. I like, cause I'm just sitting here and going, yeah, well if, and what does harvesting a soul mean? Does it mean that that soul is obliterated and no longer goes to the afterlife? And I, I, I asked that question because, well, I guess you could just say like, in, you could say, well, it's a mercy because the people that I'm going to be harvesting the souls from are the enemies of the campaign and they're, they're bad guys. They're, they're just really evil doers. Like, so actually I'm, I'm doing them a mercy because otherwise they'd go to the underworld or whatnot. Well, and does it require like weird new battle tactics where it's like, oh, well, our barbarian is right in the front and he's going to get a ton, but now he has to like, oh yeah, allow the mage to get one. Right. And so like, there's the weird, like, okay, how many do you have? Like, do do we have to like change the way we do battle tactics now in order to help us help our team harvest the required amount? The, the barbarian's got to grab on, like grapple a, a guy at the end of every battle and push him towards the mage and be like, you need to take your dagger. And shove it into, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also I'm thinking like how many, how many good stories also are the opposition force, right? They don't have to be evil people like, or like evil beings. Like sometimes there's just differences of opinions. Sometimes there are, there's good people fighting for the wrong reason or with the wrong knowledge. Mm-hmm. What happens <clears throat> when that is the opposition that's in your way and you still need to, as you said, in order to remain this undead warrior to continue the quest that needs to get done. You need to harvest some souls. You need to, uh, annihilate, obliterate, uh, some souls and stop them from going on to the, the afterlife, man. I, I, I just love the idea of like a paladin or something having to, to wrestle with this. Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, I think I think that in and of itself could be an interesting start to a campaign where it's just like you wake up, you as four, five adventurers, whatever it does, wake up in a cave and you remember all of the things that happened before, you know, like, I mean, that that sounds like an interesting, I mean, that just moved up the list for me as we're, I mean, it wasn't even on my list beforehand as we're just spitballing about this, but now it is definitely like, I might want to run a campaign that has that mechanic in it. Because it could be really interesting. Yeah, and you wake up in the cave where you died, or you wake up in a, like, crawling out of a grave because your bodies were found, and you start the adventure with, we're zombie people now, we're in the middle of this huge city, how do we escape? Because if we're caught, like, if people see us, they're definitely just going to kill us. We're zombies. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. You, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Chris, you had kind of an idea too of like raising from the dead, yeah. not undead, maybe undead, but like to like we you called it role reversal. Tell us because I love this idea. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, it could be it could be using that soul reversal idea, right? Like that could be part of it. But the idea was like, well, you know, the bad guys you're fighting are pretty powerful. You know, they probably got access to some sort of magic. And they see the competency and the skill that they have and they want it on their side, right? And so they come along and they raise you you and your characters from the dead. And now you have to serve them in their quest, fully knowing that before you were trying to prevent them from doing this. But now you're given the option, uh, maybe not even given the option, but there's some sort of collateral that was tied to you, whether it's the death of your family or, you know, whatever it was, that now you have to serve them and accomplish their tasks that you were then, before you died, trying to fight against so powerfully. I think they could just create a really interesting, like, 
indentured servitude sort of role that everyone hates, but there's something that more valuable tied to it that they can't not serve this now enemy who just had plunged the sword into their chest or whatever. You know, it could be really interesting. Oh, and talking about, again, consequences or just just shifts in the story, like it doesn't... When I say consequence too, I... I don't necessarily always mean, oh, this is going to hurt for your for your players like they're going to hate it. But I think it consequence meaning that when you're when you have a TPK, it's not just shrugged off. There's a big change. And I think that this is a big change. (laughs) Like you've literally just Mm -hmm. gone and swapped it. And yeah, like you said, like, is this. Is this something that now your players are just on board and they're like, okay, the story has changed. We're now fighting the on the other side and we are fully in it. Or is there some sort of coercion there and part of the story is trying to break out of the confines of this uh, to help again the side that they came from? Or do they not remember any of their previous life? Like they have to play as players where they don't remember anything oh, before yeah. this moment. And then right? they get and glimpses, they just start serving. maybe, or, or they mm-hmm. run across people mm-hmm. that knew them. Anytime they come back to something familiar, part of the memory comes back, right? Now that's, that's a tough yeah. one, I'd say, that you need to know, as we've said many times over the years in the show, know your players. Because that's going to be one where you want your players to be good at not metagaming. Like... Uh, if yes yeah having having enough of the cognitive dissonance there to not yeah bring back old memories that prevent them from doing what they're supposed to be doing as characters yeah like i've seen too often at the table the like rationalization of like uh, a little clue is given and it's like there's metagaming knowledge it's like well i think my character would get to that point because of this and they have figured it out now <laughs> it's like mm, i don't mm-hmm. think they would with that like you know i just know your players um uh, know if they're going to be good at being able to separate that metagaming knowledge and really lean into the role playing. I think they're going to have mm-hmm. to be players that want to embrace this idea of I've forgotten. I don't know that life. Yeah, I, I think it could be a really, really fun idea. Another an, another idea, Mitch, that um, I know we had talked about briefly and I know you kind of did in a campaign is this idea around a vision Yep. So why don't you say a little bit about that, what you're what you're intending and meaning by that? Yeah, the vision uh, idea is maybe the most um, there wasn't an actual TPK out of all of these. Um, and that we uh, I ran a campaign where I I built the story around these PCs. Uh, it was really important that these PCs be a part of the story. And so the question is, well, what if one of them dies? I had this mechanic built into the campaign, which didn't come up except for on two occasions. Um, and it, the first time it came up was really late into the game uh, where there was a TPK and one of the characters was a prophet. Um, and so they would see visions of the future. And so what I did with this TPK was it actually turned out that this was everything that had been played up to that point was a vision from this prophet character. And so the TPK mm-hmm. happened and this prophet character like kind of <gasps> came out of their vision and they were like back at the start of the adventure and looking around and they've literally lived a life with these with these other PCs and the other PCs are waiting for 
the adventure to begin. We did not play through the adventure <laughs> all the way again. That would be tedious and terrible. Um, we all know a terrible yeah. time loop TV show or movie when we see it, when it's like we see things over and over again too much that it's like frustrating. What I did go for with that is I would um, ask uh, specifically the one character who's a prophet, is there anything you'd try to do different this time? And so we would pick up like different moments in the story if they were trying to do something different and see how that ripple affected. But yeah, it's, I, it is the least, uh, there's an actual TPK that's actually happened out of all of these ideas. And I'd say, don't use it more than once. If you're going to use it, um, maybe establish that there's actually a profit in the group and kind of allude to it before just being like, Oh, guess what? You're a prophet and you just had this vision. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause then there's, then there's a new mechanic at play there, or there's a recklessness that then your players will have be like, Oh, well maybe this is just another vision or whatever, you know, who knows? And I think yeah, for sure. we've got, we've got, could be really interesting. We've got two more. Um, one is the worst timeline. So this whole concept bases on the fact that the, there's a TPK. Uh, yeah, you failed the adventure. The quest fails. The bad thing happens. The thing, I guess it doesn't have to be bad, but the thing you were trying to prevent happens and the world goes on, but we're going to continue the story. And I think with this idea, both of us were thinking more along the lines of like, it's new, new characters, but a continuation of the story with the fact that the thing that you were trying to prevent actually occurs. And so the world has completely changed. And so you roll, you, you have maybe a new divergent of the story that is now the worst timeline where terrible things have happened. Um, and now you've got to yeah. tell a different story of correcting the wrongs, uh, fixing the problem. Mm -hmm. And I know we've talked about this before, Mitch, and I, I think both of us have had this in our worlds for a while, but I think the show Loki kind of mm. solidified it for what it would look like for me in my mind of like, I said this to a player the other day when we were talking about some of the stuff that's happening in our campaigns. And I said, you know, the world of Austera kind of works like that show where there's like the one true timeline. If everything went the way that it was supposed to, it would go this way. Right. But every time like we as players come and play, depending on how the campaign ends out, it's a it's a it's a divergency. Right. Like it's it's a it's a differing thing that happens potentially, you know. Um, depending on what your choices were, there are different concepts. And every time that happens, there's a different branching universe, yes. you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's an interesting way of thinking about like, now that your players have failed, you could go 10 years in the future. Sure. You could go a hundred years sure. in the future, Thousand. whatever it Why is not? and pick it up <laughs> and be like, here's how it's, here's how it's played out since then. Like you give the history of the world to that point. And you specifically kind of say, here's what happened in this period of time. You don't necessarily have to mention the old players characters yeah. and say that they failed. But you could but like <laughs> in the year of 800, you know, whatever the underworld was unleashed. If that was what your players were trying to prevent. And now they know, oh, it ended up happening. Yeah. And since then, here's the consequences of what that has caused. Right. And we pick up with your characters here currently enslaved to a small group of demons that are now roaming around the world, you know, and that's where you pick up. Right. I mean, well, and I think what that accomplishes is it is ultimately a continuation of the story. It's not just like 
because the other option is what there's a, I mean, we've, we've given a lot of options, but that one of the other options uh, is you failed, you're dead. The campaign's over. All right, I guess let's make new characters and start a different story. Sure. You can do that. And, and uh, we'll talk about that maybe in a second. I think in doing this, yes. Is it a different story? Yeah. Kind of. Is it all new characters? Yeah. Uh, is it, like you said, could it potentially be a thousand years into the future and be very, very different? Yes. Uh, but you're not just saying all that was for nothing. We're going to now see the consequences of this failure. And we're going we're gonna to start this story now surrounding that. And so it, it does feel like a continuation. It does feel like you're not throwing out something, but you're continuing on and telling more stories from it. So, all right, Chris, you've got one last idea um, for this. I love this one. Yeah. <laughs> What's this last idea for how to continue a story after a TPK? Uh, don't. <laughs> don't continue it. Okay. In any way, shape, or form, you know? like, And I think the, the you know, as I was thinking about it, as you were talking, I was like, the, I think the multiverse idea gives you the ability to do this, right? Like, you say all of a sudden, like, all right, we're going to start a new campaign. And it's like 100 years into the future, but nothing has changed, right? And it looks similar to what your players did. And they're going to be like... <laughs> like metagaming like wait what nothing changed and it's a little way to like start to you know mess with how the universe of your world works or whatever but it could just be one of those things where it's like no i mean you just you just don't you you do leave them hanging like i mean their players after they die wouldn't know what happened so we're gonna go and do a campaign from 300 years before these characters existed right and they just don't know what happened there yeah. And it, I, I think there's the intrigue, right, of like, that's why we long for sequels of things when like the third book of a series, The King Killer Chronicles, not to mention one, doesn't ever come out and we don't know what happens. <laughs> it's like, what what's going to happen to these characters? And you just don't know, right? Like, it's the ultimate cliffhanger because your characters didn't get there. Now they just don't know what happens. And you just start a new campaign 100 years in the future in the past. Well, it sounds like what you're even talking about is not even, once again, like the idea of, and I hate, uh, maybe I shouldn't use this word because you sat down with your, your friends and you hopefully had fun. So the idea of like throwing an adventure out, you know, it doesn't maybe ring true to that. But uh, yeah, like you're, it doesn't sound like you're, you're saying that you're, you're even leaving it open to be like, yeah, if you play enough adventurers with these, these players, maybe, maybe hints will start to come in time and or, or maybe that's the point is that your players have to kind of make up in their minds what exactly happened or it could be one of those things like what was the chris pratt movie that just came out where they went back into the past and recruited oh, people to come tomorrow to the future Wars? or whatever i haven't seen it but. tomorrow war mm-hmm. or whatever it was i started watching it and then stopped was, that sounds know, about super intrigued by that's it. pretty much what i expected that's why i didn't even start. <laughs> <laughs> but i think there could be something to that where it's like you know, that idea of the prophet somewhere or the, you know, the vision or the powerful mage or whatever can watch back through time and say, here's some adventurers that like now all of a sudden I'm calling people from the past into the future to come and do this. Like you leave them hanging for 10 sessions or so of like just kind of sandbox exploring. And then all of a sudden they come across the cave with like, you know, some sort of mystical presence in there that's 
calling them into the future or whatever. And that's where they get the finality to the story as different characters or whatever to not fully leave them hanging, but to like do the cliffhanger for a long period of time and then say, all right, we're jumping back in to that space, you know, or also kind of, you know, going back to number one thing we talked about a deal uh, with power. Uh, We threw out the option that none of the characters want to take the deal. What do you do? You force it. Like I say, no, like there, there may be multiple uh, indications that it's time to wrap, put, put a bow on this story and wrap it up. Um, maybe it hasn't been super fun. Maybe there's been a couple reasons. Uh, we've talked about lots of that on the show. We're not going to go into the details of that today, but uh, sometimes maybe that ant- the answer is don't. And that's what it is. Maybe all of you, okay. including you as a DM are ready to move on to a different adventure. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. Um, I hope that, as always, your mind is uh, just full of all different ideas of um, adventures you can tell and maybe just adventures that you can tell uh, once there's a terrible TPK in your story. Chris, I think you and I both are leaning towards that, like, undead one. Like, I'm definitely thinking Mm -hmm. that might be the next adventure, like, that I'm just going to throw challenges at them hardcore and watch as... Mm -hmm then it's the story turns into like zombies like fleeing in a city <laughs> but if you like this if you've liked this episode if you like our past episodes or uh future episodes that we haven't recorded yet or we have our future selves had and you have listened to them please head over to your podcatcher app of choice and give us a review it helps uh, our show Uh, Reach other people, potential new DMs, um, old DMs, um, people who haven't figured out the joy of DMing yet. Um, Give us a hand by doing that. You can find us on Twitter as well. It's at DMS underscore block. That's at DMs block. Come and hit us up on there. See the fun stuff that we post on there and join the community conversation. You can also reach out to us through our email. It is dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. You can tell us some more of your fun ideas about how you've handled TPKs or ideas that you just have in general. And We just love to reach out. You just love when you reach out and we can chat with you. So hit us up there as well. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like Detentions and Dragons, Geek Wars, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and more. Thank you so much for coming and listening to the Dungeon Masters Block, the place where we come to talk about the most important person in the game, Dungeon Master. Have a great night, everyone. And always keep on Dungeon Mastering. Goodbye.